Yeah, talking about liquidiv.com, promo code Nooners at checkouts. You see us drinking it on the show every single day. Where would we be, Japes, without Liquid IV in our lives? Dehydrated, we'd have headaches, we'd be tired, yeah. exhausted. Yep. Not be able to get through the day, get through work. We'd be sick all the time. I'd be hungover. <laughs> Every single day. Love the liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks out there, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's just a little tiny stick full of powder. Pop it in 16 ounces of water. You're good to go. What's your reckon, Jabes? Double or triple hydrated? I would say double. I'd say triple. What? Nay. I'll say triple today. Huge fan of Liquid IV. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration. With Liquid IV, get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross. Patterson Revolution! Brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com Welcome to Ross Patterson Revolution. You excited, Jabes? So excited. Today's the big day. Today's the big day. Okay. It happened. Again? Yeah. Yeah. It keeps happening, huh? For the third time. What? For the third time. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Do I ever? God damn it, Jabes. What? It is, uh, it's almost as if you don't read uh-huh. or write uh-huh. um, or, or do anything involving some form of literacy throughout the day. Here's what I do do. What? <laughs> what is it? Like, for example, yesterday. Pour a hemp lay. Pour a hemp lay. I just watch videos of babies getting hearing aids or glasses and oh, cry. God. And cry. You know, when they like, they finally hear for the first time. Where I you, go into a hole. Where do you watch of, this? <laughs> Facebook. Oh, on the God. dumpster fire known as Facebook. Jesus Christ. So as far as knowing about current stuff. No, nothing, yeah. Um, I, pro- I know the latest baby that got a hearing aid. Okay, because there was a new baby born today. James. Oh, oh. Yeah, the royal baby was born today. The it's third a boy. one. Yeah. Kate Kate Middleton. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Well you did. You didn't seem like you did. Because it didn't seem like you were celebrating as hard as I was. Well, you party for the you I do. love the royals. Big fan. I went into a pub. <laughs> soups early this morning to start it? raging the hound and the and the egg and, uh, the, the the arthur and the hound yeah the arthur and the hound yeah. barrel big big uh <laughs> uh soccer place um yeah I, 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 yeah yeah, yeah. I, Foot, football I know, I know nothing about football soccer. yeah it's weird i played soccer growing up but i know nothing about it like I after after yeah like ninth grade i was like i'm good everyone played a bit of soccer right like you always have to for a second i almost feel like parents do it because it's exhausting and you're constantly running just to tire out your children well you go well this was my thinking is like he can run you know what i mean like he might be good (laughs) or like he can he can i've seen him kick a ball a little bit and like run around so he might be great at soccer and you find out not so much. Yeah, I was. He, so here's my soccer history, real quick, since we're 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 getting into please. it. Please, mine as well. Please. I was really great as a kid. I was really great, and then it got to an age where, because uh, I, I, I'm tall and I'm lanky, sure. um, used to be lanky, um, and uh, well, you're lanky. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with these little fuckers anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they were just mm-hmm. too fast, too small. So uh, it got to a point where I was like, all right, cool. I'm not going to play in high school. I'm not going to do it. And I had a science teacher who said, hey, Ross, we could really use you out there um, as like an enforcer. And I was like, oh. And he was like, I'll 
I'm not going to say I'm going to give you an A in bio because he was also like my biology teacher or like, or like my science teacher. Sure. And he goes, I'm not going to say I, I'm giving you an A because I can't do that, but I'll give you an A if you come and do this. And I was like, all right, cool. But he goes, you have to play by my rules and do everything that I say because I'm, I'm going to, this team is really good. And that, like our, our high school team was like ranked in, in the state. Like we were, you know, always competing for a, a state championship. And he goes, so you got to keep it under my rules because my dream is to take over and run the varsity. And I was like, all right, no problem. So I played for him and I did that. And holy shit, the running and everything that it took to to play high school soccer. I mean, you'd start off with like a quick, you know, quick six, quick six sure. miles run sure. before you even started practicing. And I was like, holy shit, probably the best shape I've ever been in. But I was still not anywhere near as fast as those little fuckers who play soccer. Right. And um, that was my job was to come in and knock out essentially the other best person on the other team. Uh, I would get red carded ASAP. Um, uh, yeah, real quick. Okay. Real that quick. sounds fun though. Like it was, a, it was, a fun it was a blast way to play soccer. <laughs> Coach, Coach Long was his name. Um, it, it was a blast. He was great. And he was one of my favorite teachers too. Um, and he was one of those people who was uh, like a good mentor for kids where you're like, oh shit, I hope, I hope my kids have a, a high school teacher like that. And I don't, I, most of the teachers, I really can't say that about. He's, he was one of them. And I was like, fuck, but he gave me no breaks, no nothing. Uh, didn't even acknowledge, you know, when I got the A in, in science, like I might've gotten it anyways, mm -hmm. but I don't know. But he, he didn't even give me like a congratulations or like a wink or a nod. Like he was just like, all right, see you next year, Russ. He couldn't. Yeah. He and, had to keep it and he was low great. pro. Then I moved on to, I don't, I don't know if somebody heard about this or they talked about this in the teacher's lounge. Mm -hmm. But after football season was over, um, 11th grade, in 11th grade, uh, I was in another science class with another coach who was coaching it and he was like hey man i heard you're into like film and stuff like that and i was like yeah um and he goes i need somebody to come and film the varsity girls basketball games then we watch the tapes afterwards you know and it was only like on a, a giant vcr recorder or whatever sure and he goes you know um and he was super fucking cool like yeah, really coach harrell was his name yeah he was awesome and he goes look i'll get I'll, I'll give you the a like the a is fine and i was like Awesome. Oh. Uh, didn't know. And, and again, no mention about whether or not th that was talked about amongst the teachers or coaches uh -huh, or whatever. But uh -huh. he goes, uh, and I was like, man, I don't, to be honest with you, like, I don't really want to travel with the girl. Like, I don't want to see it. And he goes, no, 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 you probably do. And I was like, huh. So what I found out was when I did, I, I did it because I was like, all right, cool. I'll do this and I'll come and tape the games. What I found out was we traveled with, so it was, it was me on the bus, the filmographer, mm -hmm. the entire girls' basketball team, and the cheerleaders. Was oh, the, wow. I was the only guy. And I was the only guy allowed on the bus. Oh, wow. And me and the coach, and like the coach drove the bus. So, like, yeah, it was just me and like, you know, 15 chicks, and it was awesome. <laughs> well, that sounds like a me too waiting to happen. So, wait. I, with, on your side. I know. On, on your side, end. On my, you have a me too story. I'm going to take this one step further, even more. Um, with that, knowing what I knew, you, you, you know, you overhear the, the old adage of like, oh man, I wish I knew then what I knew now, you know, like that bullshit. I hear it constantly, unfortunately. Oh, from people? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't say it. No, I, you don't say it, but I, I, I felt like I, I was aware of what was going on at a, such an early age that I was like, I was able to appreciate it and, and enjoy it and maximize upon it. So after the basketball thing, I was tipped off to it. And I was like, shit. I was like, all the hot girls are here and then they're here. And I was like, well, this is one season. Like the season is over in the winter and then you're done with that. And I was like, fuck, how do I extend this? Like, right. this is awesome. Right. Um, chorus. Oh. Signed up for chorus. So they needed dudes to be in the chorus and this this woman who was teaching it she is, she was your classic example of uh uh she reminded me of that woman that blonde woman from back just to school super dramatic super you know Oh yeah 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 So she yeah. she reminded me of that and she was like uh she was like hey she would she would always hold these these 
uh, like for like, anybody be interested males and joining the choir joining the chorus it was amazing yeah, and all yeah, they yeah. needed was four all they needed was four male voices just to do the kellerman you know, so, sorry yeah, Sally. Yeah, yeah. Kellerman. Sally kellerman. <laughs> that's an Edie patterson, patterson um original sorry, we're not gonna take it but no no oh. no um yeah oh. <laughs> well she was on hello, the show hello everyone exactly um so it was that woman she taught this chorus class and they needed four dudes in sure. it and i peeked in i peeked into the class and i saw all these girls and there was i mean it was ridiculous it was like 30 girls in there and right uh, pretty hot and then her daughter was like this prodigy this singing prodigy mm-hmm. um the teacher's daughter and she was like yeah, have you have you met my daughter? Like almost courting me to get into this thing, and sure. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You don't have to give me the hard sell. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in, and she was like, look, anybody who joins this, like, will definitely get an A. And I was like, well, I need I need those. Sure, I need those for college. You never get too many of those. Yeah, so I I ended up doing it, and uh, my. My, my football coach and then half my team came to, sort of my parents, they came to my first, uh, we had a, a concert, you mm-hmm. know, recital. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to do like these fucking ridiculous hand movements and shit, like along with singing. Oh boy, not worth it. Well, here's the thing. So like- For me. Laughed at, a little bit of ridiculed, um, but then it set in with everybody. They were like, wait a minute, because we were traveling to you to travel and go and you get some, you got to miss school for it mm-hmm. as well. Cause you'd, you'd go and sing at malls and things like that. And, uh, right. then, then it dawned on everybody it clicked in real fast and all my friends were like, wait, so it's just you traveling around with these 30 girls. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Cause the other three dudes who decided to sign up were like dorky. And they knew they they these dorky guys knew they were like this is our only shot of getting a girl like we got to join chorus you know and sure. I was like smart move on their part but they knew and then it it clicked into everybody and I remember my football coach was like this gruff you know guy it was just like a you know guy's guy like uh, his dad was a a big college you know coach and pretty famous and uh, he was his son and he was just like uh, why why the, why the fuck are you doing that. And I was like, well, coach, I'm going to be real serious with you. It's, it's me and 30 girls. Um, I right. go, why wouldn't everybody be doing that? And he goes, fuck. <laughs> fuck. All right. You just, and he goes, just get, just get the hell out of here. Just get that. And right. I was like, right. figured it out. And I, I, looking back at it now, I think I got that from him because he was like, I wish I knew now what I didn't know then, you know? And he was looking at a kid who knew it as it was going on. And it was just like, sure, this is fucking great. And then that extended into drama senior year. It was just like even better. So it was a nice string. To use the parlance of that, of those times. Did did you stab? What's that? Did you stab? Oh, come on. Did you get, did you get jiggy with it? (laughs) God. Jeez, really? Anyways, 90s a lot of incomplete, uh, incomplete sexual encounters. I bet, huh? <laughs> a lot of right up to the edge, but no, 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 no. We're in high school, um, so that must have been fun for you. Great time. My my soccer experience was I played softball, and all the hot chicks. Played, played soccer, soccer. <laughs> yeah. 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 so you Same kind of and we school. played like Same next next to each other. So like we're all like the bigger lesbian gals, yep, running like maybe a lap before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then right next to us are like the super hot, like way too fit for high school. Like they look yep. like how soccer players look now. Yeah, where it's just like built. Yeah. Um, right next to you guys yeah. playing, and we're huffing and puffing. Oh yeah, at a, at a lap in baseball. Like, because to your point, that is true. Like, so soccer, quick six. You had to run like six miles to get started, and it was just like shit. But on baseball, when I play on baseball team. It was like you run around the two, bases, two two laps around the yeah, entire yeah, yeah. field, and, and you were just it. like, <sighs> yeah, <sighs> yeah. Because it's not, we're not really focusing on running fast. No. You're trying to hit the ball far enough that you don't have to. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, look at baseball players. Like some of them are in shape, but it's not a requirement to be, and it's actually a lot of them cannot run fast. No. And same with uh, football, by the way, I had a, I had a massive problem going from football to basketball and not enough so that I I quit Um, just because in football is the same 
you're doing quick movements, but you're not running far lengths of distance. So the, the, the shape you're in for football was nowhere near what you needed to be in for basketball. And that transition yeah. in high school mm-hmm. was, was hard where you're just like, oh, fuck, I am not in shape enough. <laughs> to go right into basketball again because you know you're playing football and it's short uh, short speeds rather than uh long you know distance running soccer you can fucking forget about it holy shit they were like a natural beauty too because like in softball you can wear like makeup pigtails you'll be fine right. you know what i mean you're not gonna get too messed up yeah. and then soccer they're all like you know totally natural hot looking yeah. They can't like wear makeup and pigtails and like little poofs in their hair and shit. They're just like, there's a couple lesbians in there, but they're looking good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the, you, you got it figured out. You were you were I a did. genius. You were a genius. Not at that. not a genius. Like I, I would say the first one I kind of fell into, and then after that I was just like, oh, fuck, I get it. Then it all clicked in. And uh, where were the sluttiest girls? Basketball, choir. Or drama? Um, drama, I would say. Still the cheerleaders. Really? Yeah, still the cheerleaders. Gosh, be more cliche. I know. <laughs> I know. But like, if you want to talk about... All right, so uh, like br- breaking it down. Sluttiest ones, cheerleaders. Um, the, the most intelligent ones were the, the, the soccer players. The girls soccer players all went to like amazing schools like Duke and, you know. Uh, right. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe because you had to focus so hard on soccer and you're constantly training and running and doing all that shit. Is that, I, you never saw the soccer girls at parties. I think because there's not a lot of um, opportunity to actually get far, right? Like how many actual soccer stars? And even at that time, like there wasn't a big soccer. The galaxy wasn't even a... Th- no, no, no. But they were getting scholarships, full rides. Oh, okay. So our teams, both teams were good yeah. enough that everybody was kind of getting full rides if you were good enough. And most of the girls, I, I would say half of our varsity girls went college, played, right. got you know scholarships. So they, they weren't ragers because you didn't see them out that much. And they were always running so they couldn't drink and smoke and like, you know, the rest of the shit that everybody else was doing. Uh, drama was nerdier you know mm-hmm. um the girls were hot but they cared about different shit so uh, yeah, that that's still that same nerdy vibe the choir was an interesting one though the chorus was a super interesting one because they were like otherworldly they knew other things about like art and life and would rather go like when you if you went out on a date with them they didn't want to go to fucking cheesecake factory or something like that like they wanted to go to well, buy then by um, some form of concert or something interesting. Well, I, no, that's cool because <laughs> it, it, it opens up your eyes In to high things. Oh my god! Like, what? What? <laughs> I, I, people are more advanced. Like, I, I remember going down oh, to that wasn't uh, my experience. Well, I, I would say the girls were, the dudes were not. Um, but eh. yeah. So I, that was the difference. Where it was just like, I mean, this. I, I went down. There was this place called Little Five Points in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Which is like this back in the day. Now it's kind of trendy, but uh, back in the day it was kind of this artsy, like you know, old school Venice, like before Venice got okay. built up in L.A. And uh, they used to have like cool bands down there if you knew about them or if you knew what oh, was going yeah, yeah, on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. they would take you down there where you're yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, shit, yeah. yeah. Um, where where's our seats? There is no seats. It's only couches. You know, like old shitty couch. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck. This there is was dope. a movie recently. The the guy that did uh, um, that movie. Everybody wants some. Right. Um, was about that. Yes. Right. Yes. You didn't. It wasn't that good. They were really trying to make like an awesome movie. Right. 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 But that was that was how I felt my like senior year of high school was. Where it was just like, all right, I was doing all these eclectic, different things with a lot of different people, and it kind of opened your world because you were not you were a jock, but you were definitely in like a sports different world, and you got opened up to. I'd exposed to a, like a, a some bunch artsy of awesome shit, and you're things. like, oh. Okay. Well, and I will say this, like it influenced my decision on where I was going to go to school after that and why. Um, I had applied to, I thought I was going to go to University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. I'd applied, I didn't get in, um, but I applied to like 50 schools because you got out of class if you applied to a college back then. So I just was, I mean, I got accepted to like 40 different colleges. Like it was ridiculous. And Ohio <laughs> State was the biggest. But after going through okay. all of this shit, I, I was... There was this thing called the Hope Scholarship. So you got a scholarship 
if you got if you made honor roll and you got you got your first year of uh, college paid for, if you maintain those grades, then you, the scholarship kept going uh, as long as you went to a state school. So I thought I was going to go to University of Georgia, save my parents some money, do the whole thing because I graduated with honors from high school, and I was like, all right, cool, all I have to do is keep this up and blah blah blah. Okay, Ross, we get it. I didn't get it. I didn't get in. You didn't, but you were like... I did not get in. So um, uh, with that... But you got 40, yeah. Uh, right. But but with that, so after that, when I was deciding, I was like, man, I, I just want to go with the biggest college in the United States. That's it. And then have a college experience. Not be around anybody from high school. Not go with anybody from high school at all. And nobody did that. And everybody in my you know grade, my friends and all that shit were like, dude... Why would you do that? Why would you go there? You're not going to know anybody. You're not going to have any like friends and all the shit. Looking back on it, it was the greatest decision of all time. Oh, yeah. Because I got to meet brand new people from all over the country that I didn't know. The, the rest of my friends who stayed and went to like UGA, they were still living like it was still the high school people. And so when you go back, you know, um, like it's, some of them are tragic where you're just like, dude. You didn't get out. You didn't see anything. You didn't go anywhere. You didn't really expand beyond your circle. And, uh, you know, I, again, some, some of them I see now and I'm just like, uh, man, that could have been me or that could have, and it's I don't not think the... so because I have enough drive, but I don't know. I don't know. that. And answer. it's also like not the wrong way. A lot of people love that. Stay in your yes, hometown, yeah. raise your kids around your family, whatever. But like, it's the two types of people really. Well, where it's like, I want to actually experience something else or whatever it may be. And then the people that are like, oh, my, it's so comfortable here. What's wrong with you? It's like, yeah, that's it. Exactly. That, that's it. That's and, it. And most of my friends were from high school were fuck ups. Right. But, so if I would have continued along, like, like I was the guy who got made fun of, you know, amongst my friends for getting good grades. And they were like, oh, man, you know, you, they give you this white rope to wear graduation for graduating with honors right and i'll never forget this like i had like five like i i had like 10 to 15 close guy friends and like five of them came up to me and they were like fucking nerd with the you know the the graduate and i go so scary and i remember looking at him and i was like yeah yeah i feel real real fucking bad about graduating with honors and then going to an an amazing college that i'm about to go to Sixty five thousand kids, and I was like, "Where? What community college are you going to?" Right. Oh well, man, we're gonna. It doesn't matter because we're gonna be here and we're gonna be partying at the bars here and whatever. And I was like, <laughs> "Cool," but we were already doing that for for this Sweet. last two years. So yeah. you have fun with that. And I, this recently popped up over the weekend, but like one of my fucked up friends from high school who I hadn't seen in years or talked to in a while, like sent me like this weird message on Facebook of like, man, you think you're better than us and shit like that. And I was just like, Hey man. Whoa. Yeah. Bro. Uh. But, but that's the thing is like, and I'm not mad at that. Cause that's happened before. And you get messages like this from people and you're like, oh, fuck you never grew out of high school. And it's so depressing to me looking back at it and you're like, Oh man, you feel bad. Um, you know, when, when shit like that happens and uh, uh, there's there's instances in today's life where you look at other people and you have that same feeling in uh, a friend of the show, friend of mine, Steve Howie has been on the show a few times mm -hmm. uh, from Shameless, sent me this article late last night at like midnight uh, about Ben Affleck. Okay. And it was called The Sadness of Ben Affleck. And it was that whole high school thing of like, oh man, he was the cool kid and now he's you know, gone through the system and oh, now yeah. he's a middle-aged man and now he's not cool anymore. Right. And he's trying to live off the cool from the past and all this other shit. And I mean, this article broke Ben Affleck down into like, it was the worst. Like if I read it about myself, somebody written this article about myself and I had read it, I would, I'd, I'd hang myself. I think I wrote back to Howie. I was just like, man, I'm surprised they just didn't end this article with like, do you want us to tell you all the ways that you should commit suicide? Yeah. Um, but they broke him down in that high school fashion as well. And it was just like, oh, fuck. It was kind of depressing. And then you, you know, you look at Ben Affleck and you're like, man, you were with Jennifer Garner and you had kids and all this shit. And like, what? Yeah. Yeah. He just had to have that tattoo, huh? 
That's so that was the crux of that article, by the way. The crux was the tattoo, but they were relating it all the way back to the high school Hollywood days of him and Matt, um, Matt Damon. Right. Oh, high school Hollywood. Got it. Ha- uh, Hollywood High School. They, mm-hmm. Those are the young mm-hmm. guys. They yeah, came in. Yeah, cool. That was their high school. Yep. Everybody sure. wanted to hang out with them. Then you have a, a a middle career after high school where you're like the college years, essentially, where it's like. And then man, you're like, J-Lo, yes. you're fucking killing it. Like. Yeah. And it's a it's a crazy article in The New Yorker. And I'm shout out to Steve for sending me this last night because I, I got into this thing and I was like, oh, my God. Um, they use that photo that I use on my Instagram of Ben Affleck, um, where you, where he's got the, the back tattoo, but he's got the towel on, on his belly, on his belly. <laughs> and they said, and I'll never, this was the exact wording in the article to make it even sadder. Cause he's shooting a movie with Charlie Hunnam. Yes. And, uh, fuck, I, w- I want to say like Tom Holland or somebody else. Like uh, you, it's you know. a, it's going to be one of those. Whatever it is, yeah, yeah. but they were playing in the ocean. Uh, they're jacked and shredded, you know. These two actors playing in the ocean, well, just swimming they were in the ocean, swimming. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. And they were like, and they were like, and there's and, and and dead serious. This article in the New Yorker just said, "There's sad Ben standing on the shore, towel wrapped around him like mm. a shy teenager at a pool who doesn't want to show his body to anyone." And I'm like. Oh my God. I mean, this was in the New Yorker too. And it was like, this wasn't like a blog or somebody's like asshole think piece. This was in the New Yorker. And it was just like, they just showed the picture of him just solemnly looking out at the ocean, watching the two of them swim in the ocean. And he's on the shore with this massive tattoo. And I was just like, oh my God. And they broke him down to this middle aged man from, you know, and that's the way I looked at at this, like, like this dude who sent me this fucking uh, message over the weekend was just like ah i look at him as the sa- he's it's the same sad guy who never grew up and uh either that or they're ugh. either that either they are really sad or they're delusional because when you stay in that small pond when you stay around the like same friends like you can actually sometimes feel like you are killing it I guess like so. you're still the yeah. Cool, oh, yeah, you're yeah, still yeah, the coolest yeah, guy. Yeah. Your man cave you're right. yeah. that you have at your house that your wife let you do yeah. is like the best. Yeah. Everybody comes over there for the weekend. Like Which it look, and if you're happy That's great. Yes. I'm just saying like he could be sad yeah. or he could just be delusional as far as like how much he's killing it. I don't know. I I, I look at it like this. Um if if high school was your greatest moment in your life there's you've got problems man i i just i look i was popular in high school i enjoyed it but at no means like looking back at my entire life thus far at no means was that the the best time of my life like you said college was college was time. college oh. was even better <laughs> oh college was I, better than high I school that's but, like but like even then all of the experiences afterwards movies books all this other shit like it's still been awesome like right. shit is like there's been some dark fucking hard times and all that stuff. But like, I still look at today, waking up today as cliche as this sounds as like, man, I'm going to do awesome shit like this week. I'm going to do awesome shit the next week. Like I'm going to just keep trying to do awesome shit. Whereas, you know, like this dude who wrote me over the weekend doesn't have any awesome shit. There's nowhere to go in his life anymore. And that's it. And you kind of hit an age where you get stagnant and you can't do anything, and you're just looking back on high school, and it's like, fuck, man. I, you know, I had quite a few friends like that, where you're just like, shit. And a lot of people ask me, like, why didn't you move back to Atlanta? You know, if you were going to raise a kid and move away from LA, and it was just like, no, that like I lived there and it was great, but like that's I'm I'm done. I'm done with Atlanta. I'm good. Um, moving on. You right. Know? Right. Uh, now, if you if you didn't live there and then you moved to Atlanta, fucking Atlanta's a great city. So it's awesome. So congratulations. Like it's, it's, it's amazing for me personally, which is where I went to high school. So all the same, a lot of same people live there. I have, I have, you know, nothing to do there. Right. Um, that's why I enjoy like this Wilmington, new town, new mm-hmm. experiences, new everything. Know a few people from, you know, that I grew up with and that's great. But, uh, majority of the friends are all new and new mm-hmm. people, new experiences, new everything. And I, I like that about life. Yeah. We always talk about the back half being in New York. Like that oh, would yeah. be amazing because you can never go through that town uh, and go to the same restaurant or bar twice if you wanted to in fucking 30 That's years. That's the way to do the second half, dude. If you can. Um, 
But anyways, I've <laughs> fuck. We've gone on. I I I have not done sponsors. Oh no, you have not. Get on that shit. Yeah, we got we sponsors pay for this whole show to start. Sometimes we just go chatting on like two birds in a tree. Nope, that's not a thing. It's definitely not. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh, first and foremost, we got Black Rifle Coffee. You hear them at the top of the show, the tibbity top, and uh, they're the best there is. Drink them every morn, every single morn. I wake up. I'm 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 going two K cups now these days. You've got to. You to, personally, to me personally, jeez. Um, you got to get those engines going. Two K cups. Um, still going caffeinated as fuck. That's my jam. Yours is the just black. Um, they've got some new apparel. Uh, I saw, I saw Mr. Matt Best wearing uh, their new shirt, and I want that goddamn thing. It's sweet. God damn it, man! These guys do it right, and they got new uh, new hats and mugs and all that shit. And I gotta, I gotta go on there and just fucking buy more shit. Um, that's one of those places like Black Rifle Coffee. Dead serious, man. I love their coffee and their all their products. It's one of those places where if you go to their website, you can just go in a hole and end up buying fucking ninety things there. Because all their shit is dope. Uh, go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Sign up for this the uh, Coffee Club of the Month. That'll save you time, money, energy, and just life process if you drink as much coffee as we do. Uh, use the one-time promo code of REVOLUTION for 20% off. I would highly recommend it on that club because it's great. Uh, next up, we've got StrikeForceEnergy.com. Oh, boom, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Shablankers. Shablankers. That's <laughs> uh, great. Uh, Strike Force Energy, four amazing flavors. Talking about uh, original, lemon, orange, make America grape again. Strike Force Energy, man. That is my fucking, that's my afternoon pickup. Um, I might have to get on the juice here. I, I'm, I need too many pickups now, you know? Well, you've got, you've got plenty of them. Yeah, I do. You've got a subscription. I know. I get this. And I, I, yet, yet again, subscription of the month. And yeah. um, big fan of Strike Force Energy. Uh, go and get them, kids. They got 10 packs. They got 40 packs. They got uh, 750 milliliter bottles. All of it just boom, boom. Pop a couple squirts in your drink and motherfucking go. Go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. That's good every time you use it. And they ship everywhere in the entire world. Revolution 20% off at strikeforceenergy.com. Next up, we've got straightrazors.com. Ooh. That's a clean cut. Yeah, I like that a lot now. That's gotta be it's gotta be part of the regular thing now. Yeah, it does. Don't interrupt me. I won't do it. That's a clean cut. Yeah, there it is. Ooh. That's a clean cut. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. It's real nice, James. I'm going to be honest. It's real nice. Uh, straightrazors.com. Father's Day is around the corner. Get get your father a shaving kit. It's, um, man, their products are amazing. I So I hit up, I because I, I, I ordered them myself. I tell you guys this on the show, and that's totally true. So I ordered uh, two aftershaves and a cologne last week. And Luke Webster, the fucking CEO of it, uh, when the box showed up, Surprised me with uh, uh, they. I mean, they got the the smolder aftershave is no longer just a liquid too. They got a gel. Um, sent me some new shampoo, conditioner. Uh, th- dude, their Elvato, their pomade. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit! It's, they sent you a shirt, which is sweet. Yeah, uh, dude, go to Straight Razors. It's the best grooming products for a man you can possibly get. Straightrazors.com. Use the promo code Revolution for twenty percent off. I, I can't say enough great things about them, and I literally use them every day. That's not a lie. Um, God damn it. I love straightrazors.com. Use the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. Last but not least, we got the Caillou app. That's K-A-Y-U. Created by two Green Berets out of Fort Bragg. With uh, Facebook going down, kids, everybody's looking for new social media apps. This one's free. Get it on your phone. You got iPhone, Android, any type of phone you got. Um, combines tr- travel, lodging, uh, everything you can imagine. Hookups. People are getting wet on there. They're getting their beak sweat on there, uh, both on their faces and in their groin areas. Um, go to Caillou. Just try it out for free. K-A-Y-U, no strings attached. And we're also doing a live show for Drinking Bros with Caillou. Um, I believe it's May 12th in Fort Bragg, and they are sponsoring it. So we're going to have those guys, M- Michael Squires and the boys, um, up on stage with us 
So, dude, sweet. Super stoked. Um, also, super stoked. The West Westworld started last night. Oh yeah. A lot of people are talking about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. As soon as that organ strikes up. Uh, you were one of the people that mentioned to me last night, along with my friends who were texting me who were watching it, who were like, man, it, it seems slower. I was confused. I went online afterwards. I went on Twitter and everything. Mm. Everybody had the same feedback, but I, I told you what I thought, and I, I'm curious as everybody else's thought. It, to me, there was so much information, so many different worlds released, and your mind is going in a million directions that it's like, all right, I'm... I'm the first episode was great. I liked it. I'm just trying to figure everything out mm-hmm. and where this new world is going to be and what's going to take place in it. But I was happy with it. What about you? I I was happy that it was started back up. It's everybody awesome. Um, I think what I liked about the last season was the slower kind of revelation of things, like revealing of things. Right. Whereas, and I don't know if they're going to slow it back down and kind of go through each storyline, but you're right. I think that's just how I thought. I wasn't super confused. I was just kind of like, oh, that could have been a different show. Do you know what I mean? That could have been next show as far as going into that. So I think this one might be a little faster moving. They might want to fit more things into the season because it was such a success. You know what I mean? Right. I guess that's what it felt. It felt like these things were successful in the first season. Let's like ramp those up and get it into each episode. We'll find out. Here's the hard thing about shows like Westworld um, and Stranger Things too, I think, is you write these shows as a writer, just to break it down for for you from a a Hollywood perspective, everybody at home, you sell a pilot, right? you don't know you shoot it you put all your time and energy into writing it you shoot it you try to make it the best you possibly can so that a, a network picks it up and you get a full season you are not guaranteed anything anything past one season ever like that's yeah never you know if you're like a friends and you're negotiating later on down the road and you're just like hey we're gonna pick up seasons five through seven great but the first season is never guaranteed for any network show ever um including westworld and Westworld at the time, before it got started, uh, they shot this amazing pilot and everybody said it was amazing behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And they started shooting the pilot and all of this fucked up shit happened. They had so many uh, issues, problems, fires. You remember oh. those wildfires, uh, like destroyed uh, half of their sets. Um, okay. You name it, it went wrong and they ended up going over by $60 million dollars on the, the the budget of Westworld and they were like, oh my God. Yeah. And and I think, don't quote me on this, but I think their final budget was like two hundred million for the first season. Oh my God. If that fails, you were fucked. It did not and it it succeeded. However, you go from how amazing that first season is and, and everything that went into it. Now you've got to tell these writers, hey guys, because then then the, the a network can't pick it up fast enough. So they pick it up real quick and they're like, the first conversation you have with your network executive is this. They sit you down and say, we love it. It's great. How fast can we get the next Mm -hmm. one? And so then you've got to take your entire team back of something that was so great for a season and go, fuck, how, what do we do for the second season? Because typically you don't think that far ahead. And I think that was the problem with Lost, which uh, I love the, I love this, the show Lost. Mm Mm-hmm. However, the writers and the creators were physically lost, mentally lost by season three because they didn't they didn't plan it out that far. They didn't think it would go that far in advance that it it got real fucking squirrely in there for like seasons four and five. And they finally had to go into the network and say, hey, guys, we need an endpoint because we don't know where the show is going and we're just going year to year you've got to give us like an end point of where you think this will go. And they were like, all right, they looked at the ratings and they were like, we'll give you two more seasons. Right. And they were like, all right, thank God. So then they could start to game plan for when it was going to end. But like yeah. you take something like Westworld, which is super successful so far. So good with the first episode, in my opinion. Um, if this does well, you, you, the goal is to get like five seasons so you can go worldwide, sell it out and make even more money for everybody involved, writers, creators, producers, yeah. directors, actors, everything. So you want that. However, you've got to come up with 
then three to four more seasons of something this interesting. I don't know with Westworld how many seasons you could really go with this. And here's to that point. So you were saying they don't know and you never know if it's going to go any further, right? So you kind of put like a little bit of a button, which they did on Westworld. Like it felt like that could be a capsule. The one first season, season yeah. yeah. And they could yes. start again with a different world, which is what I thought they were going to do. Kind of that Indian, like, sure, whatever, uh, just a different world starting over, like putting them back into the into the system with its own problems. Right. Because they really did kind of blow their load. I mean, spoiler alert, the last fucking episode is like everyone dying. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. real people, investors, like everything. So. Uh, and, and, and that was crazy. And then also, follow me on this. Like with any first season of any show that's awesome, let's go Breaking Bad, let's go like Atlanta, anything. I kind of connect with that, like the passion and naivete and the like, we're just trying to do something and we don't even know if people are going to like it. Right. And it feels very organic to me and very much like we're just doing what we want to do because we don't know if it's going to be you know, great. We don't know if people are going to pick it up. We don't know if people are going to respond to it. We're literally doing what we want to do, right? Yes. And, you know, as seasons go on in every show, it loses something. They get better. Stories get better sometimes and, like, it, it can be amazing, but, like... I mean, plastic surgery of like the people, like the oh, way yeah, that yeah, they yeah. look yeah, yeah. and like people get very aware of who they are as a like person, as a star. People start fighting. People start yeah, like, wanting yeah. money. More money yeah. And like, so a first season, I think of any amazing show for me will always be the best because it feels like the real. Well, well, the, the great ones. The realness. Uh, the, the great ones. Um, the all-time great ones, show-wise, get better, stay better, and are consistently amazing. But that's why there's not that many all-time great series. You mentioned Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad to me never they slowed down. They always were gonna get canceled, though. Remember? Yeah. So they yeah, always yeah. had that that <laughs> thing that I'm talking yeah. about of like we don't know if we're going another season. People are watching it, but why aren't we? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like they were always in that amazing capsule, which. That I think that's why I loved and really, really connected I, Breaking with Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is my Bad. number yeah. one all time. But I think that's part of show. it. And then I would put Sopranos, The Sopranos at two. But in today's current climate that's going on right now, um, look, I, I look at a show like Atlanta. I did not think in a million years they would be able to duplicate how great the first season of Atlanta was. Fuck, man. It, this season's, to me, better so far than the first one and i love i I loved the first one this one is even more fucking amazing and i'm like man donald glover you know as much as that that's han solo movie looks like shit and it looks terrible to me um all the way around and and he doesn't fit as lando calrissian he's a fucking genius for how great atlanta is he can he can walk off on Atlanta he's, and, and he's good on life. He's one of those that's like one for you, one for me. Like one of those actors where he'll do like one for the money, right. one for himself as far as like his like childish Gambino, his like whatever. He'll you don't do, say no to Solo. You just don't. No, no, no. But like he'll, but he does that. He's one of those that like I do that. McConaughey does this too where it's like I do that one so I can do this one. Right. And that's why there's such a huge like swing with mcconaughey right where it's like failure failure to launch or whatever it is right next to dallas buyers club because he does that for the family right and he does one for himself and he's always just like gone back and forth like that it's nice to be able to have that option typically you don't get that i i read an article about donald glover uh on atlanta after this this you know this season that's been going on because it's just been pure and utter awesomeness to me and craziness as far as like you can do he can do whatever he wants every once and he goes man i didn't think in one million years they would let me do this and he goes fx is a good place for that but he but he he, even he said he was just like man if if this wasn't successful this would be gone and he goes i knew i would probably fuck it up for every black Mm -hmm. that serious black creative who wants to come in and do something like this if this bombs and uh he's 
I, I like him. He's very self-aware um, about his power and everything. Like he, he talked openly about that and what's going on with him in life now mm-hmm. and how people are constantly hitting him up for shit. And, mm-hmm. um, and his music is, I, I hated the, his, this Childish Gambino rap mm-hmm. album. I hated it. Mm-hmm. Comes out, he drops Redbone out of nowhere. I didn't know for months that was him. No really? idea. Nope. I, I was just listening on the radio and I was like, that is a dope song. Had no idea it was him. Um, He's it, doing SNL. He's going to be both music. Going to be and, both music yeah. and and the host. And it's like, damn, I, how do you get bigger than that? Like, congratulations. He did it. But it's it's great. But it's, it is incredibly difficult to do what he's doing um, at, at a high level like that. And same with Westworld. Like, it is going to be incredibly difficult to stay at that level I will say you have the the luxury though of affording the best writers on the planet for Westworld, so you're but gonna like, you're gonna get them. It's just it, are it, they gonna get too complicated? Are they gonna get away from like yeah. this? Is my worry is like the simplicity yeah. of the beginning the, of the first season where you're like, what's happening? Oh shit! Like a lot of like, oh fuck! Like at the end and the very simple world that they're creating and stuff. So it's not that. So if you like, I loved that, I'm not going to have that, but I'll have something different that's obviously going to be amazing. It's just, um, it's already shaping up, I think, to be a lot, a lot different than the first season. Yeah. And hopefully, so. hopefully it's, it's in a good way. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see as it goes along. Um, one of the interesting things that I found uh, about Westworld, though, watching it last night was how much robotics and everything has changed in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. My thinking when Westworld originally aired was like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. This would be a this would be a fun world for a little thing. But I didn't think it could possibly be a real world in my lifetime. Oh. Within that last year and a half, with that fucking robot I posted mm-hmm. and all that other shit, like, mm-hmm. I, I look at West I, when I watched it last night. I looked at it and was like, man, I I think we're probably fifteen twenty years away from that. Yeah, and I think it's set around that time though. I don't know. It's like 20 something ever in the future. I forget. If you would have told me in the first scene, I'd be like, eh, not in my mm. lifetime. I look at it now and I'm like, eh, probably 15, 20 For years. Sure. People For will sure. be fucking robots and that'll be, you know. Well, they're already fucking robots, right? Well, that that's really close. So, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, oof. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's real close. <laughs> I mean... Uh, it's it's yeah. really really close because there's even porn stars who are signing up their likeness and all that shit oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're getting molded and built and and everything and um they hit me up yeah yeah they did <laughs> get that jables doll and... get that fucking jables walking around body <laughs> yeah get that jables holiday weight doll and get you some um i went on one of my um facebook holes or whatever i uh, have you seen the um the trailer for M- won't you be my neighbor documentary oh yeah 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 for uh for mr rogers yeah. neighborhood yeah i i i got caught up in it too i got i got uh-huh. a little emotional about it sure I, I i didn't find mr mr rogers wasn't my guy though growing up was he yours a little bit. Yeah. Like, like he was, it was a lot of, he children's. was a lot of people's. Here's what I find interesting about the documentary. So the whole time, I don't know if you felt this way, but as you're watching this like trailer for a documentary about a, a guy that spent a lot of time with kids back in the day, that's all I thought. All you're waiting for, right? Yep. Is that moment of like, and then, and then, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. P.S. It never comes. Nope. So it really is just like a documentary about a guy that was great yeah had every opportunity to be a piece of shit to like diddle yeah didn't nope. really just cared about like kids development and like doing everything he could to like change the climate of like how we like teach kids and talk to them and everything and i was like thinking that we kind of maybe need more things like that or like a movement of like hashtag but i didn't do you know what I mean? Right. Like a hashtag, like, but I don't, this could be an interesting thing of like, will people find that interesting? Will people like go on that journey of like, just a great guy? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, get behind something like that instead of like, there's a, so many stories like that. We don't hear them. We hear all of the horrible things. 
And I think there's a thing that could, I don't know. Yeah. It just made me a little bit hopeful of kind of like, could this be maybe a different movement of like, let's do things and stories about people that were just great and didn't do anything like bad. You, you would hope, um, you would hope I, I, I want to watch it for a different reason to find out why, like, did he have kids? Did he, was he a grandfather? Like, I don't know anything about Mr. Rogers life whatsoever. Yeah. And the fact that your entire work or existence is helping children and teaching children. Like I, I, I that's why I'm fascinated to watch this. Um, because, uh, if he did it without kids or couldn't have kids or something like, I, I don't, I don't I'm know. Really I, sure. I know yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. about him, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. um, but it looks great, and yeah, you you do harken back to that time of what seemed like innocence, and we don't have anything like that now. We don't, and that's what, like, going through, like, watching the trailer and being like, okay, like, it was such, it said something about, like, how we watch anything or the things that intrigue us now, because the whole time I'm like, all right, what's the twist? What did he do? What did this guy do wrong? You know what I mean? Right. Where's the fucking me too? Where's all the kids like weird, darkly lit interviews about what Mr. Roger did to him? Nothing. Right, right, right. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, I know. Nothing. It wasn't. And I was like, oh, okay. So it, it's really just like a documentary about a great guy. Okay. Okay. Can yeah. we do this? Like, can there be more of this? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There should be. Yeah, and I think hashtag, but I didn't do I, it. I think it was Michael Keaton, I believe, who worked for him or worked uh, at that station in Pittsburgh or whatever okay. where it started. And he he had nothing but nice, th- like he was just like, no, it was the nicest. No, I mean, if something was gonna come out, it it would have. It didn't. Like he didn't, <laughs> as far as you know, unless there's some, you know, kid that's gonna come out of the woodwork or whatever. But I feel like they would have by now, don't you think? R- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no, no, I think it, it at really, this point, yeah, come I on. think he really was just and he he was doing something bigger than just a show. So he was like going in front of Congress and trying to change like all different kinds of like programs for kids and and everything. So he was like a big a bigger thing than just the show. Yeah. At that time. Absolutely. So, uh, um, crazy. And it, look, it, it, he still holds up to this day where it's like, you know, I don't know if they show reruns or do you know? I don't. I mean, it may be PBS, but that would be crazy. Would be crazy, wouldn't it? I don't know. But what else do you have? I mean, I guess, you know, Sesame Street and all that shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that kind of stuff now uh, wouldn't fly with kids. They need a lot more like visual stimulation. Like if you watch kids shows now. He's like, wow, 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 all right, guys. And you're like, oh, my God. Talk about why we're all ADD. I know. Everything's so intense. You ever watch those Japanese fucking anime shit? Oh, my God. Kill me. I have light-induced seizures watching those things. Speaking about light-induced seizures, I used to get light-induced seizures at Avicii concerts. Yeah, yeah. That was the sped up version, you guys. Yeah. And I didn't know I was lost. Wake me up when it's on. Um, I. By the way, loved. I was. I was a big fan of Avicii. You were. I was. Um, you were. I still. I fuck, man. There's still a couple songs on there that are in my like my workout mix at the gym where I was just like, shit. Levels is still there. That's your jam, huh? I, I don't know why I, like that. It's, it's never gotten old to me. Like there's some you go back and you're like, oh man, that was, that was a fucking jock jam. And I'm embarrassed that I listened to that. Right. Or it's like not, it's not pumping me up the way it used I wasn't. To. Um, and the, and the songs that I, cause I, what, what I did was when, when he, when he died, I, uh, I flipped on my, my playlist and I was like, you know, I, I, I want to see what I still have. And I want to see if his music still holds up. That wake me up song holds up that we were just singing levels still holds up to me um i never liked the hey brother song but no me neither everybody else did so i don't, I, I don't. hey brother mm. there's always no we no 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 never got down on that but the rest of his shit was dope i got to see him pl- uh, fuck man i probably saw him play three or four times and uh, uh play well i mean actually like yep. press the keyboard or whatever <laughs> Uh, that a DJ does, but um, sure. he did create his own music at least. So he produced it on his own and all of that shit. So it wasn't like 
you know, he was just up there pushing buttons. But uh, uh, 28 years old. Yeah, what was the deal? Addiction, I heard, was... Well, apparently he's been addicted to shit his, you know, growing up. And yeah. he did some interviews about it where he was just like, uh, look, it was the fucking lifestyle of just after parties. Oh, my God, Raging yeah. bottle service, the whole nine. And um, I, it, like they were saying, that's a big issue in the DJ world. No shit. <laughs> when your whole entire business and profession is built around people doing drugs and raging every night. And you're in the center of it, and you're controlling their high essentially oh, by with the music you play. And Forget how annoying it. are those people? Forget if it. If you're sober. Oh, if you're sober, yeah, Ooh. you've got to be fucked up for that shit. You have to have to, to even have a com like maybe just have a conversation with one of those people like backstage or just like see the ridiculousness. Like the only way you can deal with it. After watching that DJ AM documentary on um, Showtime about it, you were like, oh, no wonder he OD'd because, you know, he was sober for like five years or whatever it was. And then, and then he just OD'd like magically overnight. And it was just like, he probably got to the point where he was playing all these gigs and he was just like, fuck man, everybody's having a blast and, and this sucks. You know what it was? Remember that show that he was doing? So he was like trying to help people out. So he did a reality show yeah, where he would like MTV. go, yeah, yeah, he would go and try and help these addicts. And he was like, dude, there was a couple shows where he was like smelling it is like really fucking hard for me right now. Like yeah. that guy was the real deal addicted. Like uh, to everybody. where it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like to where it was like, man, ah, fuck. Like he did a lot of things I think too soon in his recovery. And I think that's what happened with him. So I, I in, in, in keeping up with that, I looked up Avicii's timeline of, of what he did and, and all of that shit. And like, he's been out of the game for a while. Okay. He got out of DJing like, fuck man, maybe three or four years ago. And for, for that reason, he was just like, dude, I, this is too much. He's an introverted guy. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody by all accounts that he was like super nice and like the nicest dude in the world. Right. And he just wasn't an extrovert. And he goes, man, I was, he was, I was getting too fucked up at all these things. Um, so I, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. He did battle addiction. The, the, the coroner, there is no official release of what he died from. The coroner said there was no foul play involved. So I'm assuming it was either right. suicide or an overdose. Right. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know. Drinking that much alcohol would be tough to kill yourself, but uh, we'll see. At twenty-eight, well, people 28? have done it, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, how do you Amy Winehouse? But uh, well, but she is. There was eating things. Well, what what happened with, with her hers. was, you know, she went sober, and then one night drank an entire handle of vodka, and boom, that was. And also, she but shocked like, to the system. Yeah, uh, you know. Her thing was that she was like super, super underweight and malnutritioned as well. So like she wasn't healthy enough to like handle anything like that. But like if you're a 28, like healthy 28 year old, like the amount that you can drink before you kill yourself oh, is huge. Huge. And uh, uh, with the, the Avicii thing, he was at, at this resort in Oman, which I didn't. I'm going to be totally real. Didn't even know it was a country. Sure. Never, I've never heard of Oman. Yeah, Don't gorgeous. Know. I have a timeshare out there. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, in it's Oman. gorgeous in Oman yeah. in the summer. I don't even know where it's at. Couldn't the I Middle couldn't East. even tell you where where to find it on a map in the Middle East. Um, oh, okay. Well, so he that's was about as he much was there, and there was a bunch of people at this resort. It was a resort he was at. Oh, okay. Um, and there's oh, all and these, those resorts in Oman. Ooh. It looked nice. It looked nice <laughs> as shit. Wherever he was, looked nice as shit. I mean, I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all of these people that he'd taken pictures with, these tourists and fans and shit, like he looked like healthy, had a nice tan. He looked he looked mm. great. So it wasn't like you saw like a disheveled sure. Macaulay Culkin pick show up where you're like, oh, oh, no there you go. He died. Like it looked like it's just a, a normal dude who was having, you know, like on vacation, kind of dorky, but like that's right. what it was. So I wonder if it was it, it, obviously look, it was either suicide we'll or overdose, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it would have to be like hardcore drugs or suicide, like if you're a healthy 28-year-old. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and again, no foul play. So it's got to be one of the two. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about that. And then, you know, the next one was Vern Troyer who died the next day. So I find it, look, Avicii died on 420 on, you know, on Coachella, which... Dude, if you're going to kill yourself. Man, imagine who was ever in the Sahara tent at Coachella, probably playing tributes to Avicii. But, uh, High, killed. 
Um, yeah. Everybody, yeah. everybody's so or up in no, that tent. or everybody's really going for it, right, and all of a sudden, Avicii right, right. comes on. And you're like, ah, can, oh god, there were so that many. That oh my gosh, there were so many. Like, where were you, Vens, in fucking Coachella? My gosh, oh, yeah. where were you when Avicii died? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you know what song was playing? Blah blah blah. Like, yeah. Um, and then Vern, Tro- yeah. Vern Troyer died. Mm-hmm. He fucking. That was not that was not unexpected to me whatsoever. Not unexpected, and he was in the hospital for a little bit too, right? Yeah, I Before. tried to. I, it was for like the last month. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we tried to hire him from Range Fifteen. Yeah, and I talked to his agent and manager and, and and all of that stuff, and they were like, "Look, man, he's been boozing hard, and you know, if you're gonna do it, you got to shoot him out in the afternoon." I mean, there's all these stipulations, and it was like shit. Um, and I think he was on one of those rehab shows. I, I saw him. I remember one VH1 show scrolling by, and he was drunk in the house, naked on a crying, crying and pissing on a scooter, and pissing and, on a scooter, mm-hmm. and like driving into the same wall over and over again. So, and like, that was just from one glass of wine because he's real small, you know. No, no I'm joking. I, those midgets can fucking rage. <laughs> no man. Yes, they can. <laughs> so like, but he would get drunk. I'm gonna tell you, he would get drunk like super quick. Well, because he was, but he was able to drinks. keep drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was blackout after like one drink. Yeah. But he would just keep it going. I mean, hot tub, yeah. scooter, yep. pissing on himself. Yeah. But again, that wasn't after a shit ton. Yeah. It was about. It was after like just continuing to drink. So Ver- Vern Troyer wasn't. I wasn't surprised by that one. No. Wasn't. No. Uh, you can't beat. Can't beat um, up those little organs like that. No, 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 it's it's too much. No. It's too much on your body. It's not like Andre the Giant. Like his liver's the size of like me. Yeah, yeah. He's good for He's, a while. Eh, you know, he for made, a while he made it long enough. Vern Troyer made it to four forty nine. I don't know if that's old or young as far as little people go. No, <laughs> I don't know because like some of those people, there's one still alive from uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz. So fuck. No, they live like normal lifespans. It's I, not like a. I thought super tall, and this is not me being like a joke. I thought super tall people and super short people die sooner. Um, Larry Larry Bird did an article for ESPN saying, "I know I'm going to die, uh, you know, in like five years because I'm tall." And and it goes, "Everybody else who's tall in the NBA dies earlier." And I was just like, "Jesus, man, mm. it's dark." But it was true. When I went back over it, it was just like most of those guys over seven feet die real mm. fast. Like they never live to like ninety. Right. They just don't. They don't live to like 80. Um, most of them die and, you know, ah, fuck Wilt Chamberlain, like like 70. You're lucky to hit 70 if you're that tall. Same with Shaq. Like, I don't see that motherfucker living past 70. And he's in great shape. But right. um, I, I just, there's something about that. Same with little people. Um, we had a hard time. I remember for the new guy, uh, they were supposed to get the, the midget from Kid Rock, Kid Rock's midget. Yeah, but he had a condition they all do a, a lot of them do when they're when you're that height like there's something growth wise that the that that goes on and uh he was on like 61 medications and he failed the physical couldn't do the movie they had to hire somebody else and uh that there's just something you know there's there's a growth issue like uh, they're just not going to live long enough so i don't know if 49 was good or bad i don't i don't know i don't know that world I, he got fucked up all the time so that obviously accelerated it but mm-hmm. uh was it because he was in pain or or had all these other conditions i don't really know at that point i mean he, he was riding a scooter in his 30s so yeah so he could get around i, I know but like why couldn't he walk around because it would take him fucking forever dude <laughs> jesse dude jesse dude james no, they have. They're like German shepherds. They have like the oh, hip. Boy. <laughs> they have like oh, the boy. hip dysplasia. <laughs> oh, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and cut her mic at that point and get to the revolutionary figure of the day, shall we? We sh- shall. The revolutionary figure of the day is Gerard Marenghi, uh, also known as Jerry Marin, uh, born January twenty fourth, nineteen twenty. He's an American actor. And the last surviving munchkin of the classic 1939 MGM film, The Wizard of Oz, in which he portrayed a member of the Lollipop Guild. So there's one left. He's 98 years old, and he's four foot three. Come on, man. Um, so he's, he's four foot three, Jabes. We represent. 
the lollipop. Um, there was a story that was circulating, and, and I don't know if they're going to touch on this in that movie, but uh, currently Renee Zellweger is playing Judy Garland in a biopic. Okay. Um, Renee Zellweger. Mm. Uh, no, pull it up. It she looks identical, and everybody's freaking the fuck out. I'm sure. And it looks it looks great. So they they okay. they re- released the first trailer, and everybody was psyched about it. BBC is doing it f- for some reason. Huh. And then it's going to come over here afterwards, probably like Netflix or whatever it is. Um, everybody's freaking out at how Renee Zellweger looks identical to her. I know Renee Zellweger is a great singer, so she'll be able to do that. But one of the stories in there was, you know, um, that's the 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 little people, the munchkins, were sexually harassing her on set all of the time and like constantly putting their hands up her skirt and like all this fucked up shit on set. And there's been these people who are not, not petitioning or arguing of like, why can't you talk to Jerry Marin since he's the only surviving oh. munchkin left <laughs> and ask him what really happened. Sure. The problem is he's in an old person's home mm-hmm. and he's gone. Like, For um, regular sized people or is it all... No, oh, James. James. I'm just wondering. James, it's not a it's not a cage with a bunch of old German shepherds. You know, no, no. I there. just thought that Since you, you know, compared them to German shepherds. No, no. I'm just thought you know if you if everything's going to be the same, you bet. Height, you know, the counters, bathrooms, and stuff. Might as well put them all together. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> but so that they want they want these people to go in and interview him to see if this was true and like. I, the article seemed like like they wanted to out him as like you know a fucking me too movement and i was just like oh looking Lord. at looking at this motherfucker and he's 98 years old like what's he gonna you know he's in an old folks home what's he gonna say oh yeah we used to we used to put our own thing uh, i used to grab my pussy and like what's, right, what's he gonna right. say just push him down jesus christ so i i don't know but uh james you got weird today why yeah i'm proud of you for that <laughs> Uh, talking about hip displacements, the same as a German <laughs> shepherd for little people. Yeah, you get you guys know. Nope, nope. You guys know what I'm talking nope, about. Totally good. Time to cut your feet. And Gabe. alcoholism, uh, huge, runs rampant. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. <laughs> little people, big world. The dad on that has like five DUIs with his like specially made minivan that like the the pedals go up super high and stuff. Yeah. Just housed driving around, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh God! I think the hip dysplasia really like gives them a lot of pain, so they have to like. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. All right, I'll nope. go. I'll no, go. no, I'll go now. Yep, time for you to go home, All James. Right. You're okay. drunk. Go home, James. <laughs> uh, for Jesse Wiseman, I am Ross Patterson. This is the Revolution. Good night, everyone. Good night.